Hello. Welcome to another episode of The Three-Tiered Eye. Today I'll be reading Chapter 27 of Metanoia, the first book in the Blockhead series. Let's get started. Chapter 27 In what felt like only a few minutes, Bo was shaken back to reality by a soft grip. Blinking sleepily, he saw a pair of gemstone green eyes. Jenna? About time you're awake, the Darrow said happily, though without as much strength as she usually exhibited. What are you doing here? Shouldn't you be resting? Her father asked. I have been, and you've been asleep forever. Sight is in orbit now, waiting for us to get to the spaceport, the girl exclaimed. Looking around the cramped room, Bo saw that the group was on their feet, weapons in hand. How do you know Sight is already here? he asked. Jenna smiled and plopped something with significant weight into his lap. Rubbing the sleep from his eyes, he saw it was his original helmet. It had been restored to how it was before it was damaged. Practically good as new. You fixed it? Cocking an eyebrow, the girl said playfully, What kind of question is that? Oh, right, the man muttered. Guiltily, he remembered the girl only had use of one hand. Standing up, he returned the familiar armor to his head. System starting up, his HUD lit up in front of his eyes. It was good to be back in his shell. Taking the black helmet he recovered from the station, he attached it to his belt. It was better to have a spare than nothing at all. Jenna rose next to him, her legs more than slightly wobbly. Taking her arm, Bo gave her support to walk. We're ready to go, Hanson called out to the entrance. Following out, they were greeted by a group of no fewer than twenty Dessen, and four of whom were armed with lethal-looking rifles. The soldiers carried two guns each, using their many limbs to double their firepower. In the middle of the crowd was Kilobesh, standing out monstrously with his gigantic form. Scuttling forward, the bug spread its arms. May these accompany you? Yes, of course, Bo said. I'm sorry we can't take more. We are only but a few hundred of this hive now. Those you take will return. You do us well, Kilobish said. Now, please, follow. This one hopes you are well prepared. Leading them towards the outskirts of the underground city, the alien leader took the company towards the sealed tunnel to the quarantine. However, to his surprise, Kilobesh came to a halt several meters away from the entrance. Gripping a large stone, he and three other Dessen pushed it aside, revealing a short but wide vent. By the looks of it, crawling through would be a tight squeeze, but possible to navigate through. Peeling the grate aside, the large insectoid opened the vent as growls echoed from within. Here you may enter. Bo, the weapons you will need for your plan are located in the armory close to the port. Please keep my people safe the Dessen leader said to the hunters. "'You're not coming?' Dr. Hansen asked. "'No, my hive needs me here. We will wait for the full evacuation.' Beckoning them into the vent, Kilobish continued, "'Our faith is sound with you. Thank you, hunters.' Bidding them farewell, they crawled into the hole, shortly followed by the soldiers and civilian Dessen. Edging over the rough stone, Bo looked behind him to Jenna, she was trooping on, her pale face flushed but determined. Stay close to me when we get on the other side, he said quietly to her. Gazing up, she nodded her acknowledgement. Ahead, Hess and Check had reached the opposite opening and held the great open for the large group. On the opposite side of the barricade, the colony was in shambles. 
Rubbish and scraps littered the dark tunnel, crunching underfoot. Exposed wires still sparked around the destroyed lighting, sending flashes through the blackness. The carved stone walls were splattered just as the halls of Koskurst had been. Gripping his arm, Jenna shook unsteadily, relying on her caretaker for support. Here, I'll carry you, Bo said, hunching down. Oh god, thank you, the dearest replied, climbing on his back. While he reassured his grip on her with his left arm, Avenus extended to grab his sword for him. Stretching the blade out, the Hagloin kept the form of a human arm, save for its snake-like quality. Activating his communication system through his helmet, Bo hailed the droid waiting for them in space. We're on our way now. Be ready for some passengers. Yes, sir, the droid replied. Lights flashed on from the group, lighting the grisly burrow. Taking point, two Dessen warriors began to lead them forward, followed by the hunters and the civilians and finally tailed by the remaining two soldiers. The sound of mandibles chattering nervously surrounded them, the uneasiness thick in the air. Once again, the hunter tried to imagine what HG-00 did to these aliens. As kind as they were, the species was rather intimidating looking, and the applicators could only make them more horrific. Creeping through the winding passage, the terror of what had befallen the hive became more and more evident. Chunks of dried meat covered in chitin littered the rock floor, blood dried into a black crust. Death clung to this place, and the not-so-distant calls of mutants promised more. Holding their arms out, the soldiers halted the group. Aiming their lights around, the pair waved their antennae in the air as if searching. Clacking to each other, they moved forward cautiously. Almost immediately, they were attacked. Dropping from the ceiling, three massive forms fell on top of the guides, their cries splitting the air. Even in the dark, Bo could see their innumerable teeth glinting through shiny plaque and grit. While the beasts were busy tearing the decim victims to shred, Bo was able to get a good look at the monsters. An enormous expanse of mouth cleaved down to the midriff of the insectoid mutants with unseeing pale eyes. Their many limbs were twice as long as the average Dessens, the shell textured and colored almost exactly like the cave walls. Most disturbingly were the enhanced mandibles still posed on the upper jaw, pulling their uninfected brethren into their gullets. Having not much time to truly process the sight, Bo acted quickly. Lunging out, Avenus thrust forward, clutching the bounty hunter's sword. Engulfing one of the mutated Dessen hulls, she ravaged the monster, the blade finding its way in between the plating of its natural armor. Those who carried weapons opened fire, unloading into the remaining monsters. Falling to the hailing attacks, the morphed bodies crumpled, their tattered, gunky flesh mixing with the warriors who had just met their end. Retreating back to his side, Avenus reformed into his arm as the hunters took the lead. Joining them at the front, the surviving Dessen soldiers took position. Ready for another attack, they kept their dual rifles aimed high and even, chattering incoherently. Stepping over the ruined bodies, they pushed onward, vigilant and on edge. Is that what they looked like on Koskurst? Jenna whispered. Pretty much, Bo replied softly. Unable to fully see her expression, he heard her mutter, gross, to herself. Ahead, the tunnel branched away to the right, the left passage echoing much more loudly than the other. 
Leading them to the right, the soldiers glance warily at the left-hand side, antenna drooping. What's that way? the hunter asked. Fumbling with its equipment, one of the destined soldiers whirled one of the linguistic orbs between its hands, saying, The Hive. Being so close to where it had once been home must be painful, knowing what a hellhole it had become. Moving along the uneven path, each alien bug looked down the way to home, to all they had once known. Bo had no such connections, his home wherever he saw fit. Sometimes it was his ship, other times renting out a small room on a backwater world. Whatever worked was how he lived, it fit his lifestyle. Turning his head slightly, he looked sidelong at Jenna. That it fit him, but what about her? Maybe it was time for a change. She deserved a real home, not quarters on a spaceship. Distracted, he almost tripped as the ground started sloping upwards. Catching his footing, he looked up and saw the faintest of a pinpoint of natural light. Flickering ahead were feral shadows, blotting out the sunlight as monsters wandered the outside and inner lip of the tunnel. Guns aimed and ready, the small crowd advanced upward carefully. Beside him, Quint had his sights set straight, his glowing eyes flicking every which way. Holding up all right, kid? Bo asked him. Y yeah I think so, the young man said. Unsure of how to proceed further, Bo decided now wasn't the time to give him a pep talk. The medic boy was capable. Hopefully. Trudging on, a few large rocks tumbled down the incline, followed by a slithering mass. To his surprise, Quint was the first to shoot. Bo was the last to expect the young, nervous, timid boy would be the first to react to the danger. The bullet sailed through the air and hit the monster dead on, slowing it but not killing it. After a few short moments, it lay dead, riddled with holes from the group's cachet of weapons. Quint's first shot gave them the opportunity they needed to take it down within a matter of seconds. Bo couldn't help but feel impressed by the shot. However, such pride was incredibly short-lived as roars echoed around the walls. Thank you for joining me once again for another episode of The Three-Tiered Eye. Metanoia, as well as the theme of the podcast, were both written by myself. And you can find more of my work at pain-sylvan.squarespace.com, where you can find links to Amazon for all of my books, including this one, as well as some up-and-coming stuff. I should have another book out so very soon. It's just in the last little bits of finalization, and it was supposed to come out a little earlier, but I'm trying to be better with my proofreading because God knows I'm not very good at that. Uh, if you enjoyed the sound of my voice, you can find me on another podcast called The Bird Room that I co-host with two other friends, where we get raunchy and vulgar and just so nasty dirty that it would probably make your very religious grandmother turn inside out from how horrified she is of the things we say. We get nasty there. I would just like to thank you all again for your continued patience. Uh, I'm making more time to do this. I'm 
trying to find more free time so I can do this because I really enjoy doing this and I'm excited to do it. So I'm getting back on track. Uh, I think I'm over any and all sicknesses and I'm not going to let my full-time job get in the way of me doing what I really enjoy, which is sharing and writing stories. So thank you all again for listening and have a good day.